The case you're about to hear contains murder, violence, and themes that might be frightening for younger audience members. Listener discretion is advised. From espionage to witchcraft, there are many theories about this case, and yet, 76 years later, the truth remains a mystery. Today we explore the story of the unsolved murder of a young woman. Hey, have you heard about who put Bella in the witch hole? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Hey, Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Maddie, and joining me today for this episode, the very first, can you believe it, um, is my friend Dylan. Hey, I'm Dylan, and um, like Maddie said, I'm the first guest for Hey, Have You Heard About? so weird. Okay, fun fact. I've been working on this project for like a year and a half now. Uh, just like looking at microphones and you know recording software and I actually started researching for this case a few months ago like mid July honestly so I'm very excited today's the day oh my god okay today's the day (laughs) today is the day we're so excited okay so the way this goes is every single episode I have a new guest on, or maybe reoccurring guests. It depends on who I can find for that week, honestly. <laughs> um, anyone who's free. And I tell them a case. So, like a true crime case, or something about like paranormal stories or conspiracy theories. And hopefully, it's something that they've never heard about before. So, every single episode, you'll get an authentic and real reaction to a true life case, which I'm really excited for. Um, And I know you're really excited to know what this week is about, or this episode is about. Yes, I am very excited. I... I don't know much about true crime, to be honest. Which is why you're the perfect first guest. (laughs) Yep, being clueless has its perks, after all. There you go. Okay, so considering we're going to be covering a lot of really mature topics in the podcast, um, I decided every episode to start off with some good news, some happy news. Okay, I like happy news. Put us in a better mood uh, for what's to come. Okay. Because the world can be a scary place, but it can also be a very beautiful place. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so this, uh, this story actually came from goodnewsnetwork.org. I love goodnewsnetwork.org. So that's probably where I'll be getting most of my stories. Um, this bless. this article was published on September 30th, and it is about a bunch of bikers, so like motorcyclists, um, who every single year they do a ride to raise awareness for men's mental health and suicide. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I've heard like something of the sort. It wasn't men's mental health, but mm-hmm. it was like, um, I think it was for like foster children. Yeah. Like they raised money for foster children. Yeah. Well, this is actually a worldwide movement. It's an annual ride. Um, people from every single country, every single continent take place, uh, like, do this ride every single year, and it has actually raised 
12 million dollars since 2013 which i think is incredible wow that's that's really neat. i know it's like i mean they pay to be in these these like huge motorcyclist shows and like they pay to do like a parade and things like that and just the fact that so many of these guys who like typically when you think of bikers you think of scary dudes with like you know just really buff and just intimidating yeah and like the here they beards. are yeah here they are <laughs> raising money for a really good cause honestly. that's so sweet um i actually clicked on this article because uh of the name of the ride the Ooh. it's called the distinguished gentleman's ride isn't that the best name you've ever heard <laughs> i love it so much <laughs> It's, like, really iconic. So, um, it says here, the bikers dress in suits, bow ties, and tweed, and, um... Well-dressed gentlemen. Very well. Distinguished, well-dressed gentlemen. Amen. Uh-huh. We and stand a gentleman. We stand a gentleman. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, let's see. This year alone, they had... I think this was I, this was either the worldwide total or this was just in the one place um, in Australia that the writer is from, the writer of the article. Okay. Um, but they gave the number a hundred and twenty thousand men participated. That's a lot of men. That's a lot of men. That's a lot of biker men. Um, and they raised approximately six million over the weekend. That is. Just this year alone. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. And all funds go to the uh, Move Member Foundation. Or Move... Yeah, it's like Move Member Foundation. Um, can't read my writing there. But <laughs> that foundation um, is the one that really pushed for, you know, men's uh, mental health. And, like, you know, I didn't know this... Yeah. We were recording, we are actually recording on Mental Health Awareness Day, which ah. I think... It's also National Coming Out Day. Well, there you go. Fun stuff. Um, but, so, the creator um, of the whole event, Mark, and I'm going to say this wrong, Hua, uh, wanted to combat the biker stereotype. And he wanted to give to a cause that helped men all around the world, um, you know, know that they're not alone in their struggles and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really neat. That's I thought that was really interesting. That's really nice. Um, if you want to know more about the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, um, the source that I used for this story will be in the description, as well as all the other sources for our main topic. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I learned how to figure that out, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so, here we go. The moment we have all been waiting for so anxiously. Drum roll, please. Well, first, uh, Dylan and I are sitting here having our yummy hot chocolate that I made uh, via a K-cup and yes. a Keurig. Yes. Um, there were many spills, but we're here. We did it. There, there, was, there was one spill. There were, it was a large spill. It was a large spill. Many little spills within the large spill. Um... <laughs> So Dylan, what what is my mug? What is what is my mug's theme? 
Um, it's very UK. Yeah, very UK. Very British. Yes. That was an awful British accent. Okay. I'm sorry. I'll it's, never do that again. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so... It has a little spoon, too. It has a little... This is actually so cute. I love this little spoon. I stir my tea with it and, like, my coffee and things like that. It makes me so happy. Anyways, so, yes, um, my mug actually relates to what we're talking about today. So, it must have happened in the UK. Yes, it did. Ha! I love guessing. (laughs) So, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Have you heard about who put Bella in the witch elm? In the what? In the witch elm. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, perfect. This is starting off really great. Okay, I'm going to take you back to Hagley Wood, Worcester, England, 1942. Okay? Okay. So that's so where the beginning of this case takes place. So World War era yes. England. World War era England. That's very important to remember. World War II is actually actually going to play a huge part in this case. Um, and why it remains unsolved to this day. Oh, Jesus. Fun fact. Yeah, it's been 76 years, and it has remained unsolved. For a lot of reasons, but we'll get to that later. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. So, let's see. I wrote down these boys' names. Here we go. Okay, so, um, in April eight, on April 18th, 1942... Um, four boys around ages, I think they were early teens. Okay, so So, just entering the stages of angst. Yes, just entering the stages of angst. Um, it was Tommy Willits, Robert Hart, Fred Payne, and Bob Farmer. Um, they were out in Hagley Woods, which is a place, like I said, in Worcestershire, England. Um, they were hunting for... mm -hmm? Worcestershire? Yes. Like the sauce? Maybe. <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, that's where they were. Um, they were actually out hunting for bird's nest. and Like boys do. Like boys do. And um, they also were trespassing on someone else's land. Like some boys like do. Like some boys do. Um, so I believe, <clears throat> let's see who found it. Uh, one one boy uh, saw a tree, which is called a witch elm, and okay, um, it's like this really beautiful, like tree. It's kind of bigger around the trunk, so it can be sort of hollowed out sometimes. Okay, um, really pretty, like leaf. It's kind of looks like a willow in a way. Okay, yeah, um, um, just a lot more leaves than like the trendles or whatever from a willow. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm really interested in, like, symbolism mm-hmm. of, like, nature yeah. and things. So, like, do you know exactly... What a witch elm represents? Yeah. I, I mean, I can look it that. up right now. Yeah. Um, let's see. Because it sounds very, um, witchy. Yeah, well, obviously. That'll come into play later. <laughs> um, I'm not sure oh, what it represents. Oh, is it spelled with a Y? It, yeah, it's W-Y-C-H elm. It's very, like, um, honestly, when I saw, the, like, a picture of it, I thought it was very pretty. Um, it also can be very scary, but uh, when it doesn't have the trees, the branches kind of stick up in, like, a really aggressive, spiky, like, scary way. So that's a lot of fun. Okay. 
Um, it says elm trees are often associated with mother and earth goddesses. Okay. That's interesting. The main aspect of elm symbolism is strength. Strength. Okay. All right. Interesting. Oh, look what I found. Who put Bella? Oh, don't look it up. I'm not looking at it. I'm not looking at it. That ruins the whole thing. I can't that I'm ruin it now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, they they found this witch elm, and one of the boys, you know, went in to mm-hmm. like look for bird nests because that's where birds are. They tend to be in trees, and of what he found was not a bird's nest. Did he find a body? He, um, partially, he found a skull, and at first he thought it was an animal skull, but then he noticed the patch of hair that's still attached to the skull and the crooked teeth, which looked very human. Um... (laughs) It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say it definitely is. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you just imagine being like a pre a preteen? Uh-huh. And you're out in the woods with your friends. Yeah, with your friends, looking you're for some bird nests. Having a jolly old time uh-huh. looking for your birds. Mhm. Maybe you're making little bird calls trying to find the birds. Tweet tweet. Yeah. Yeah, you're going <laughs> like that. And then you go into did he go into the tree or Well, he just reached in. And then you reach into... Did he pull out the skull? Yes. Oh. <laughs> and then you reach into a tree, and you pull out a skull, and you're like, oh, this must be uh, some type of, like, I don't know, deer skull or something. I don't know. Something random like that. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out, oh, this is a human skull. Oops. Big ol' oops. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. So that is that's something that would traumatize. Yeah, it's a boy. like I mean, yes. Did they have any trauma? Like um, after? So after this, the boys, once um, the case actually gets started, the boys aren't really talked about again. I would assume that they probably were really traumatized, but unfortunately, like all the sources that I found didn't mention them after the initial like yeah. finding of the body. Yeah, I really like the after effects of things. Yeah. And, like, psychology type things like that. Uh Uh-huh. So it's just, I don't know. I imagine they would. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so once they realized, oh, you know, this is a human skull, um, they all agreed, they said, okay, we're trespassing on woods that don't belong to our families, uh... We found a dead body. Wait, so was that privately owned land? Yes, it was privately owned land. The area of Hagley Wood that they were in was privately owned. Um, the owner doesn't have anything to do with the story, as far as we know. That's still sketchy. <clears throat> I'm not saying it's not. It's just I mean. <laughs> based off of everything I read, um, the owner is not involved. Okay, continue. So, um, they actually, you know, they made the pact. They said, we're not going to tell anybody because we could get in trouble. We found a dead body. That's suspicious. Um, we're on uh, land that's not ours. That's bad. So, basically, kind of like Stand By Me. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, but eventually, our good friend Tommy Willits, he said, okay, 
I'm actually not cool with this. He was actually the youngest in the group, too. So okay. you can imagine he was probably the most affected by yeah. what they found. Um, yeah. The most um, anxious, as you will. Right, exactly. So he actually said, you know what, never mind. And he told his dad. He was like, hey, dad, by the way, <laughs> we found... <laughs> I, a, I found a skull. I think f- you should know that. Well, not only a skull, though. Because when the police got out there and actually started to investigate, they found the entire skeleton of a young woman stuffed into the tree. Excluding her left hand, which had been cut off and was found a few yards from the tree. Also decomposed. Yikes. Yeah. So, it's, it's like, a whole thing. Um, so, if it was, like, um... If it was, like, just a skull, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder how long that was there before they found it. We'll get to all that. Um, so, the autopsy. The coroner... The coroner... The coroner's <laughs> report said that this uh, was the body of a female. She was approximately 35 years old. Um, she was five feet tall with mousy hair. She had crooked teeth. Filled with fillings. Like, absolutely. Like, she had done a lot of work on her teeth. Okay. Um, she had given birth once in her life. Uh, and, okay, so here's the, um... Wait, so... Was... Okay. So, like, there was just a motherless child out there somewhere now. Yeah. And it was, like... Do they, did they know that their, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, did they know that their mom was stuffed in a tree? Right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really sad, complicated, I know we're making kind of light of the situation a little bit, but this is, really is like a sad case. Unfortunately, you know, the fact that it's been uh, unsolved for 76 years. Right, yeah. Is really sad. Um, but I think it's a case that deserves to be told just because it's interesting and also, for the sake of the woman that was killed, um, you know, she deserves justice in any way possible. And I think telling her story is definitely one way of getting that for her. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> she needs, she deserves a little bit of closure. Right, exactly. Um, so this is the section, um, the part of the autopsy where uh, the, the guy talked about uh, how she was killed. He says that. She was put in the tree before rigor mortis set in. Um, She was actually killed by asphyxiation. Um, And a tafta cloth was shoved into her mouth. So she was killed before she was put into the tree. And somehow her hand got cut off in the process. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um... That's, that's wild. Right. I, I, I don't know how to explain my feelings about it. Yeah. It's, just... it's a lot to yeah. take in for sure. Um, so. It's just like trying to like envision it too. Yeah. Well, there's actually um, some pictures online of the skull at least. Um, I s- saw that a lot while researching. Um, so if, you, if you're interested, if you just Google who put Bella in the witch elm, there are tons of images, not of the full body, um, intact, which we'll get to that later. Um, but there's definitely an image of the skull and it's 
I mean, it's like the boys described. It has the tuft of hair still attached to it. It has crooked teeth. Um, yeah, it was just, like, a lot to take in, for sure. Ooh, yikes. Um, so, they said that she had been dead for 18 months at this point. So, oh. she actually died, they're saying, in 1941. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so she had been in that tree for 18 months without anyone noticing. Jesus. Yeah. That's that's a long time. That's a very long time. Um and like she had a she had a child. Mhm. Okay. So if that child survived like um infancy and childhood, mm-hmm. you'd have to wonder like did she did they know or like what cuz yeah. it was obvious that no one really cared i guess enough to file her as like missing yeah so like it's just really weird that like if she had a child and it was still alive right why would she not be, like, reported as missing? Exactly. Um, Unless it's it was, just you know, like, like a strained relationship, I guess. Yeah, there's honestly, like, reading through a lot about this case, there's so much stuff that doesn't add up. And I think, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I keep saying that. Um, or, well, what could be the case was, it doesn't say how long ago she was pregnant, yeah. So maybe the child was an infant, and in that case, I could understand. Yeah. Um, so along with the complete skeleton, they found a shoe, a gold wedding ring, and fragments of clothing with the labels ripped off. So, like, they found pieces of her clothing that had not, like, decomposed, um, and all of the labels had been ripped off of the clothing, so you couldn't tell where they had been bought, you couldn't tell... Uh, what brand they were, or anything like that. So she might not have even been from there. Right. She might have been from, like, America or anywhere else, really. Yeah. So obviously, maybe, like, she did not, like, was not from the area at all. Yeah, maybe it was, like, a case of kidnap and kill or something like that. Right. Um... So, because, oh, first off, um, as part of their investigation, this, talking about how she might not have even been from the area, um, the very first thing they did when they started their investigation was they, uh, started to look at dental records from the area because she had such a weird, like, she, her teeth were very strange. Of course. Like. they were... They were crooked. Yeah. But they had a lot of filling. Yes. So, like, obviously, there's going to be a match because they're so weird. I don't want to say weird as in, like, weird, but you get what I'm saying? Like, they're so, I guess, unique is one way to say it. Right, yeah, they're so, they're, like, a special set of teeth. Yeah, pretty much. If you want to say a special set of teeth. These Um, are the special teeth that we've all been searching for. Yes. Um, so they went through all the de- dental records first in the area, 
and then they spread out to actually the entire country. So everybody in the UK, they searched for dental records that matched the, the ones of the skull, and they found no match anywhere. So, like, nowhere in the UK was there a woman who had the same kind of dental records as her. Wow. Yeah. That is... That's really wild. I know I've been saying that a lot, but it's just, like... Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and she was obviously married. Mm-hmm. Since she had the wedding band. Mm-hmm. Or she had been married before. Right. So there were obviously people close to her. Mm-hmm. There was, like, a lot of, um... Because that that was really, honestly, the only lead they had to go on was the dental records. Um, and then they just basically turned their focus over to the public and missing people like missing persons report um, right. in order to figure out who this woman is because honestly like the first thing you need to do i think in most cases like this is you need to figure out who the victim is and then you can figure out why they might have been killed and who killed them because obviously this wasn't an accident you know if she had been found in the middle of the woods like just in the middle of the woods, people might say, like, you could argue, oh, that's suicide or something like that. But because she was stuffed into this tree. And that, had the asphyxiation. Mm-hmm, and the tafta cloth stuck in her mouth. Right. That's obviously homicide. Exactly. So um, they started looking around for literally, like, anything that could help them out. They talked to people. They looked at missing persons reports, everything. Um, but unfortunately, because this happened in the middle of World War II, um, pretty much all of their resources were very... Limited, Very yeah. limited. Um, a lot of police had to go fight in the war. Um, a lot of detectives who had been involved in the case were called into duty. So, um... I'm sorry if you hear the beeping, that's my computer. Um, it's just, like, it's a lot of... Um, just pushing back the timetable for this case and putting it off because of World War II. Um, which I think is partially why this is still unsolved today. I feel like if this had taken place at another time... Right, yeah. Maybe it could have been more developed. Yeah. Because obviously when you're in a time of war... Mm-hmm. There are going to be certain resources that are Limited. not available. Like, especially people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And when you're in, um, I'm not going to say Britain's a small country. But it was a small town in Britain. Yeah, it was a thing. small town. And if you have a lot of policemen from the town being called in... Then that's when it becomes, like... A problem. A problem. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much it when it comes to, like, the actual case and investigation, though, of the story. I mean, they reopened it a few times, which we'll talk about when we get to the theories. Um, but, like, most of it was just, like... They just had no leads at all. You know? Right, yeah. 
The body was so decomposed at this point, the only evidence they had was the taffeta cloth in the mouth, and then, like, maybe some bruising or something on the bones. But other than that... And they probably didn't have, like, really good DNA tests oh, back then. no, 1940s, they did yeah, not have was, that at all. If yeah. they did, it was a process that took... I think, actually, I think they might have, but it was a process that took maybe a few years. Wow. So, I mean, by the time that they would have, you know, figured out her DNA, the killer might have already been gone at this point. Which, I mean, after 18 months, they probably are already gone, but... And definitely, they're definitely gone after 76 years. They're definitely gone after 76 years, for sure. Um, So, let's... Oh, oh, I almost forgot the most important part of this case. Okay. Literally, I'm so mad at myself. I almost glossed over it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, around the time when they started to investigate it, um, graffiti started to pop up. Graffiti? Graffiti. Okay. Um, graffiti that was very specific in what was written. Um, the very first graffiti that popped up was in Old Hill, Birmingham. Um, which I believe wasn't too far from Hagleywood at all. Okay. Um, but it said, who put Lou Bella down the witch elm? Lou. Lou Bella. Lou Bella. Yes. And, um, this is some, like, you can find the picture of this online as well. It's actually, uh, painted across a brick wall. Um, it's very clear. They spell witch... W-I-W-H-I-C-H, which, I mean, we discussed at the beginning that Witch Elm is spelled W-Y-C-H, and then Elm. So it, they misspelled the name of the tree. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, I, when you first said Witch Elm, I actually thought it was W-I-T-C-H. Right. Elm. Because, you know, it's... It's October. I'm mm-hmm. in the. I'm You're in, in the, the mood. I'm in the spooky state of mind. Mm-hmm. Spooky state of mind. It finally cooled off today. We're sipping hot chocolate and everything. Got my denim jacket on. Yeah. I'm a fashion icon today. Absolutely. <laughs> um. Okay. So that was the first graffiti that popped up. <clears throat> the second graffiti was also around the same area. So Old Hill, Birmingham. Um. The second graffiti said, "Who put Bella down the witch elm?" And then with an addition of Hagley Wood at the end of that quote. So, like, specifying the area now. this The person that's writing this is, like... Honestly, like, it kind of seems like they're taunting the police at this point. Yeah, definitely. Because, mm-hmm. like, they have the name, supposed name of the person, the woman. And yeah. then they're, like, saying, like, specifically, oh, this is where she was found. Which, to be fair... This was a really publicized case at the time. I right. mean, obviously not as big as World War II, but it was really publicized in the area because it was so strange. Right, and it was, you know, small town whenever something big happens. Mm-hmm. Especially murder. You're going to hear about it. Exactly. Um, which, this is just something I uh, could... I'm going to bring up since I'm very interested in, like, uh, languages and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Bella in Italian means beautiful lady. Yeah. So, maybe they didn't know 
her name, mm-hmm. but maybe they were the killer, yeah. and they didn't know her name, but they knew she was, like, Italian or something like yeah. that. Or she was a be- just a beautiful woman. Right, yeah. Right. Okay, um, actually, this time, which was spelled differently, though? The it, second time? The second time, um, it was spelled differently. Um, it was not spelled, like, the actual name of the tree again. It was spelled W-I-T-C-H. Okay. So, like, a witch. Like, a practicer of witchcraft. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. That that was a bad cackle. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting, all the different variations of the spelling of yeah. Witch Elm. That's, that's a little weird. It's very weird. Honestly, like, I, as an English person... I, I've studied um, why people spell or use certain words the way they do. Yeah. And I think the the different use of the word witch in all these graffitis, which it wasn't just these two. It was hundreds spread all across the Birmingham and um, Hagley Wood area. Hundreds of them. Almost, like, every day they would find some new graffiti, basically. That's a lot of graffiti. Yeah. They thought, um, originally they thought that the graffiti was from the killer, and he was bragging. He or she, most likely a he, was bragging about how they had gotten away with this, basically. Right. You know? um, and I think the Lou Bella, going back to why we choose the words that we choose, I think the Lou Bella is really interesting in the original first graffiti. Because Bella is sort of like, you know, it's a common name. It's very, you know, you you know a lot of Bellas. At least I do. Um, Bella can be a nickname for something. But I feel like Lou Bella is a lot more personal, you know? Yeah. So, Bella could have been, like, her nickname. Right. And her real name could have been Lou, Lou Bella. Bella. Yeah. Um... So, actually, the most famous graffiti... Were the art um, styles... Similar? Similar, yeah. Based on the ones that I saw, and I picked out these two because, honestly, they were the most similar out of the two, art style-wise. Yeah. Um, so, I thought that was important. Obviously, like, we each have, you know, mm-hmm. pretty distinct handwriting. You know, mine is going to be way different than yours. Yeah. Obviously. And... <laughs> I can assure you that my handwriting is very different from hers. <laughs> okay. Listen, I have horrible handwriting. I, I recognize well, this. I have horrible um, handwriting, too. Yours is just readable. It's legible. <laughs> yours is legible, too. <laughs> In what? Okay. Never mind. Off topic. Yeah, off topic. Um, but, yeah, I think um, out of the two pictures that I saw of, like, the graffiti, these were the ones that seemed the most similar to me, which is why I chose to talk about them. Um... But I have to absolutely talk about the most famous graffiti, which, if you search who put Bella in the Witch Elm, um, this is going to be the first thing that pops up. Let me actually Google it so you can see it and we can get your reaction. Um, It was a graffiti that was painted on... Here we go. Are you ready for this? It was painted on a witchberry obelisk just outside of Hagley Wood. And that's where we get the phrase, who put Bella in the witch elm. So, here's the picture. Um, 
this is a the one that you most likely will see is the recreated one because uh, the original picture was very old, obviously. Right. But it's pretty much exactly the same as the original. Okay. Um, so this this um, witchberry obelisk is two hundred years old. Um, I I can't. I tried to find out what it its purpose was. I think Hagley Wood was sort of known for being very mysterious and. There were rumors that a lot of witchcraft took place within it, so some people say that the monument was put there in honor of all of that. Yeah. But I just think it's really interesting that... And, like, look at the spelling for witch. Yeah. Again, it's W-I-T-C-H. And it's on the witchberry obelisk. Yeah. Um, But I thought that was... That's the most famous, like, if you search who put Bella in the witch elm, that's going to be the very first thing you see. Um, whenever you, like, look it up. So definitely look it up. I recommend. It's really interesting. That's wild. It's very wild. Um, but that's sort of the reason why this case is so famous, is because of the graffiti. I mean, I know, like, people being stuffed in trees is very strange. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, Yeah. But I feel like without the graffiti, it wouldn't have been as well known. Yeah, right. Without the graffiti... Without the graffiti, it's just a murder. It's just another unsolved case. Very yeah. mysterious, but still, it With doesn't stand the out. The graffiti makes it different. Right. Very different. Yeah. It adds to it. Yes. And, like, it's just... Mm-hmm very weird yeah and you know like uh serial killers they do you know they like taunt the police they and write stuff. notes it's right like the and zodiac they... killer and um yeah things like that the weepy voice killer who right is somebody i'd like to talk about and some um like some make notes that point to who their next target is yeah but this does this seems serial killer-esque but they only killed like they only killed one person right which makes it special because it's just so different from like a one-time murder thing right because it's almost like they were begging to be found here i am catch me basically yeah um so these graffiti like, this graffiti actually still pops up today. Obviously, it's not the killer, if it ever was the killer. It's obviously not anymore. He's long dead by now, I would hope. Um, what if it's the killer's family? Oh, I didn't think about that. That's interesting. Like, what if the killer had a son or a daughter who said, Daddy, why do you go out and paint things on the walls every day? <laughs> Not when I'm drinking my hot chocolate. <laughs> oh. And, um, but seriously, what if, like, the killer went out and painted these things, like, every day, mm-hmm. and then their kids saw, and they said, well, I want to be just like my dad. Right. Or mom. Yeah. Not saying that all killers are men. Right. They definitely aren't. Yeah. Um... It's just very... 
It's very odd. Yeah, it's interesting to think of it like that. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Because, like, what if it's, like, like... Tradition. Yeah. That's very like, interesting. pass it on, and until the police find out that, hey, it was, you know, this person's... Family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, like, this is a cold case now, so... Of course, They're not yeah. going to be, like... At least as far as I know, they aren't going to reopen it, because it, it's, it, it's been 76 years at this point. There's not much they can um, really do, honestly. Um, I forgot to mention that the graffiti started to appear in 1944, so two years after the body was found. And three years after three the years. actual death. Yeah, so whoever was writing this, um, if it was the killer, he had been holding onto it and staying quiet for three years at this point. Right, and it could have been... Um, it could have been someone who was just very, like, against the police. Yeah. And was, like... Like, you saying, need, like, you're like, not doing your job. Yeah, we can't trust... If we can't trust you to figure out who murdered this girl, then how can we trust you? Exactly. Or it could have been a member of her family who didn't want to step forward. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird way to think about it. Yeah. But... Maybe, because I know a lot of people prefer to stay anonymous. Well, it's like the bystander effect, you know? Yeah. If, like, um, we studied this in my psychology class. Yeah, we um, studied it in mine, too. Yeah. Um, it's, for those of you who don't know, the bystander effect is basically this thing that we all do, honestly, and it's really bad. Yes. Um, if we see something happening, like, some, some kind of horrible thing that's happening, um our brains automatically say, like, oh, don't worry about it, someone else will take care of it. So, like, if you see, like, somebody getting beat up or something, and you're in a crowded area, your brain is automatically gonna, like, make you think, oh, it's okay, like, somebody else is gonna take care of this, I don't need to get involved, type deal. But I would say you should... To a certain extent, yeah. definitely try to get involved. Oh, absolutely. If you see something bad happening... You should at least tell somebody, you know? Yeah, like... If it's, like, an assault or something, definitely, definitely call 911. Yeah, for sure. Or call for, like, a help. Yeah. Because if you see there are a ton of people who are walking by, say, Hey! You know. Somebody do something. Yeah. Like start the whole thing but yeah no i can i can think like probably like somebody made it might have been like okay so this case has been going on for three years now two years three years um let's get the ball rolling let's get it started yeah um yeah for sure i think that could definitely be um something so um now that we've covered all the basics of the case you know it's unsolved no one knows what's going on no one knows who this woman is um is it theory time it is theory time it's my favorite time okay can i can i rank them on um in order of what i think is most plausible oh absolutely no like i'm gonna tell you all the theories and then i'm gonna discuss which one i think is most okay like valid i think yeah okay so theory number one is that she was a prostitute um she lived on the outskirts she went by Bella. 
Um, and their evidence for this, the reason why they started with this theory, and I believe this was their first theory, actually, um, was because in 1944, so same time that the graffiti started to show up, um, a prostitute came forward and she said that one of her friends, who was also a prostitute, um, named Bella, went missing on Hagley Wood Road, or Hagley Road, in 1941. Okay. So, she she basically said, yeah, my friend has been missing for three years now. I feel like I should finally report it. I mean... It's about time, honestly. Yeah, definitely report it. If, if you, especially in today's age... Yeah. If you do not hear from someone within, like, like I want to say, I want to say a day... But I know that some people might, like, turn their phone off and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would say a day and a half. Yeah. It, honestly, like, you don't hold on to something like that for three right. years. Like, if you text someone and they don't answer back right away, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, just text them again. Right. And if they answer back then, then you're okay. Yeah. You know everything is okay. Yeah, but like, if they don't of, answer in, like, a day and a half... Think about And this. you're asking them, like, a serious question... Right. And something is definitely not right. Yeah, that's... Um, I mean, think about this, though, in 1941 terms. Like, you know, they're in the middle of World War Two. I doubt... If, if she's out on the road doing her thing, I doubt she'd have any way to communicate. Um... But still, that doesn't give you... Well, I mean, there are letters. Yeah, but you don't hold on to something. If your friend goes missing, you don't hold on to it for three years. That's what bothers me the most about this case. Well, my friend's gone missing. It's been three years since I've seen her. Might as well say something. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so the prostitute came forward Wait, and said Wait, did that, that come before or after the graffiti? I saw... I saw evidence for both. So, several, like, a lot of sources said that, some said, like, it came before the graffiti, some said it came after the graffiti. Okay. I want to believe it came after, though, because it was so specific. Um, and then, also, for this theory, the police had no evidence whatsoever that yeah she had been a prostitute. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know she wasn't a virgin if she had a child right but the thing that gets me is the wedding ring yeah you know prostitutes don't have wedding rings they usually don't get married yeah and if they do then that's their choice i guess yeah it's just a very weird theory yeah but this is like if it came before i could see that maybe like word leaked out yeah and that caused the graffiti? Right. Yeah, um, that's, that's really it's, weird. It's very strange. Um, okay. So here is... Um, okay. We're going to get to the fun theory now. This is the one that... The fun theory? This is... Okay, it's fun to, like, some extent. I think it's a really interesting theory. Okay, so the interesting theory. The interesting theory. Um, Fun and death so we've don't had, mix. We've, we've had the um, we've had the most likely not plausible theory. Yeah, the I, prostitute. I don't, I don't really. 
Um, I'm not vibing with the this prostitute is the, one. This is the interesting one. And I actually watched a documentary that was all about... Well, it wasn't all about this theory, but they took a big time talking about this theory. Um, unfortunately, the documentary was awful. <laughs> um, because... Well, Okay, so it gave some good facts about the case that I hadn't known before. Like, I didn't know that there was, like, graffiti had been going on since, like, the 40s, and it's still going on. Um, But I'll just say that the, the documentary editor decided it would be a good idea to use the, um, alien sound effect from your, like, iPhone ringtones. Like, let me try to find... Oh, yeah, it was like, hmm. Like, during random times, or just during whenever he would speak about it? Um, I mean, there were no aliens at all I mean, involved with the case. Um, let's see, is this... Nope, this isn't it. Nope. I probably just triggered so many people by accident, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it was the one that's like, ooh Nope. Uh, oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'm trying to find... Okay, it's the one that's like... Oh. That one. That's the one that they used for the case. They used the sci-fi ringtone for iPhone in the documentary. So, um, if you want to check it out, it's on Amazon Prime. Just search Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm. You'll find it. It's the only documentary on this entire case. That I could find. There's probably more. I would hope there's more. That was, ugh, so bad. You know, I just have a really big problem with that sound effect. The, the sci-fi sound effect? Yes. <laughs> that, that, uh. Well, there's no aliens involved in the case. I don't know why it was used. Anyway, um, the rage is gone. Uh. I was very mad. I remember I tweeted about it. I tweeted about how bad it was. <laughs> By the way, follow, um, hey, have you heard about, uh, Twitter? It's H-H-Y-H-A podcast. P.S. Um, updates about, um, each episode go up pretty regularly. Anyway, so, um. And I retweet a lot of it. Yeah, Dylan retweet. Dylan, you can give your Twitter handle at the end of the episode. How about that? Follow, okay. Follow Dylan on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all his information's gonna be in the link, uh, description. Uh, so, Okay. So, theory number two. Okay. Witchcraft. Ooh. Yeah, the interesting theory. Ooh. Um, so, if you remember, I said that the entire skeleton was intact in the tree, except for her hand had been chopped off and was found a few yards away. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) I'm not sure when, I think, I believe it was late 1940s, early 1950s. But anyway, so this woman comes forward. Her name is Margaret Murray. And she is basically an expert in witchcraft. I I think she studied it somewhere. Or she taught it somewhere. Not like taught, taught like, ooh, here's what you do. But like told students about it. I believe she was like... Right. She was a professional, basically. Yeah. um, In witchcraft. I'm interested in like reading up on it. Right, I don't want to like summon demons or anything i'm just interested in like what happens right it's i mean it's an interesting like practice i think i I don't i don't necessarily like 
I wouldn't necessarily want to be involved with it, but I yeah, think it's I interesting to, like, look into. Yeah, I don't want to be involved in it at all. Right. I just really think that it's an interesting practice. It's an interesting, yeah, practice, I think. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> Margaret Murray explained that there's something called the Hand of Glory. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like... Wow, that's a name, you know? We've got the distinguished gentleman uh, <laughs> friends or whatever, and now we've got the hand of glory. Um, All behold the hand of glory. Yes. Um, it's wild. So basically, the hand of glory supposedly, um, it's supposed to give the owner of it immense power. It's normally used in dark rituals. So not good stuff, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like the chopped off hand of someone. They just like chop someone's hand off and Yeah. All behold the hand of glory. Right, right, right. So it in order for it to work Oh goodness gracious. Um you get a chill. Yeah, that's just weird to yeah. think about. Yeah. Plus um, like I just envisioned it and it's oh. it's gross. Um so in order for the hand of glory to work, there has to be a ritualistic murder. The hand has to be dried and pickled as well. Which is... Okay, first of all, you know, I have a problem with that theory because the hand was found, you know, at the tree. Base. It was, you know, cut off, but it was at the tree. Yeah. So, like, if, if this was... A ritualistic murder in which whoever owns the hand and has the hand has immense power. Why would they leave it at the tree, you know? Okay. Um, I have something that may, you know, may, um... Give props to the theory? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so maybe they were, um... Maybe they did the ritualistic killing, mm-hmm. and it, and they cut off the hand. You know, blah, all blah, that blah. blah 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 blah, and then, as they were backing away from the tree, maybe they heard someone approaching, uh-huh. someone or something, right? Like could have been a deer, could have been a person. They didn't know. They just wanted to get out of there, right? So maybe that's why they didn't take the hand? Maybe. I, th- I mean, and I think there's a valid, like... Right, Something right. like that, probably. Maybe, like... Maybe they were going to go back and get it, mm-hmm. but they're like, well, maybe it's already been found, maybe I'm caught, um, and I don't want to go back there if it's an active, like, crime scene. Well, and the fact that it was also... they If... Unless it was the owner of the land, it would have been trespassing. Right, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, like, it could have been like that, mm-hmm. and could have been they just forgot where they... Put it. Put it, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I know woods are very confusing places. Oh, yeah, insane. Anyways. Oh, but also, why would you stuff the bodies in a tree, though? Like, if, if it was a ritualistic murder... Normally, I think 
and I don't know, I'm not an expert on ritualistic murder, obviously. I mean, I've, I've never attended one of those. Okay. Um, but, like, I mean, just... When you think ritualistic murder, you think a lot of people. Yeah, and, like, fire... I, honestly, like, why would you just stuff the body in a tree is another thing. You know? Maybe they... Okay, here's... And ritualistic doesn't seem like choking someone with tafta. And asphyxiating them, you know? I mean, maybe. I'm not an... Like I said, I don't know. Maybe it was a, um, a ritualistic killing gone wrong. Maybe. Like, maybe they were supposed to be... Uh, like they panicked? Yeah, or like, maybe they didn't know they were going to be killed. Uh-huh. Just said, hey, take place in my ritual. Ha-ha, we're yeah. gonna have so much fun, there's gonna be... Blood and wine. Yeah, you know. Candles. Regular. Set the mood. Absolutely. <laughs> we all love a little bit of blood, wine, and candles. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Maybe wine and candles. No, we do not condone blood ritual sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, no. Yeah. Um. Like, maybe the person didn't know they were signing up for. Maybe they, maybe it was an unwilling yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. Maybe they panicked and the killer was like, uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to have to kill you this way. Yeah, maybe. I think there's definitely some valid points in that. Um, but so the guy in the documentary that they interviewed about this, he was also, um, not related to Margaret Murray, but he was also, um, an expert in witchcraft. I think he actually did practice it. Um, so yeah. Uh, but he was a good witch. Don't worry. He was a good witch. Um, I bring joy to the birds and fairies. Yes. Um, but he said Hagley Wood in the past has sort of been known for, um, witchcraft and practicing, which I mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's important to note again, Hagley Wood sort of was known at the time to be a place where spooky things would occur. Some people thought it was haunted. Some people like assumed that witches did their thing over there and there was a lot of assuming things basically yeah. um many so, assumptions no answers exactly so police followed up on this um but once again there was no physical evidence that said ritualistic know, killing ritualistic murder yeah so margaret murray's theory was thrown out <clears throat> eventually um, but we will come back to it later, however. Ha-ha! We will. Um, so, in 19... We're skipping to 1951 now. So, this would be, um... A Ten decade years. after yeah. the original murder. Ten years after the original murder. And nine years after the... Body was found. of the case. Yeah. So, still nothing. Still no news on who this woman <clears throat> is or anything like that. Um, this woman comes forward, uh... They're all women. They are all women. It's very interesting. Um, this woman comes forward, and she says... She actually... She didn't contact the police first. Which makes it suspicious. Yeah, that's very unorthodox. Um, she actually contacted newspapers. Which kind of, to me, yeah. says, like, maybe she was trying to get attention. Yeah. Um... Here's my moment of fame. Yeah. I can take it and I can have all the fame I've ever wanted. Right. Um, but her name was quote unquote Anna. That was the pen name she went by. 
Um, and she said that she... Was she the writer? She was the person that wrote to the newspaper. Um, but she, she said that she had information on who Bella was and how she got there. So, of course, the police were like, oh, okay, hold on one second, let's track this girl down... And it took a while, honestly, because she refused to give away her identity, but she finally did, basically. Um, her real name was Una Musop, or Musop. Um, she was a woman who had been married to a Jack Mossop, and, um, he had passed away at this point. But, before he did, he told her something really interesting that she thinks ties in with the case. Um, so she claims that in 1941, so the year that Bella was killed, her husband Jack um, was working at, let's see, a munitions factory. Okay, so making like um, guns, guns and, and bullets and war things. Exactly. So he had a lot of work going on, mm. basically. Um, but also... He had been feeding information to a Nazi agent, pretending to be a Dutch woman, and a man named Von Ralt. So these were Nazi spies. So, wait. So the Dutch woman and Von Ralt were Nazi spies. Okay, and he was feeding... He Jack was giving them information about the munitions that were being built and, how, like, how much were going out and where it was going and things like that. So he was basically, like bad news for right. the British. Okay, so it makes sense as to why she would want to keep uh, it yeah, hidden. Yeah, want to keep it on the down low until he died. Right. Because, you know, she was married, she didn't want to... Right, it would ruin her reputation. Yeah, she... Which, honestly, I, mean... I think this woman only based on what I read, and you'll see later, um, she really cared about her reputation, for sure. Um... So, yeah. regardless, so that's the most important part. Her husband, Jack, had been feeding information to a Dutch woman, a nameless Dutch woman, so she didn't know her name, and a man named Von Ralt, both of which were Nazi spies. Um, so, she said that one night, Jack met them at a bar, and he saw them arguing. So, obviously, they were both really upset about something that was happening. Um... Von Ralt came up to him and said, Hey, we need you to drive us to Clint Hills. We have to do something over there. Which I'm assuming is like another little place. Probably near Hagleywood. Yeah. Um, and then Jack said, Okay. And he said that the argument between the Dutch woman and Von Ralt um, escalated while they were in the car. Yeah. I have a quick question before we continue. Uh-huh. Um... This woman and uh, her husband, John? Jack. Jack. Okay. Close enough. Both mm -hmm. Jays. Right. Um, <laughs> were they from Hagleywood? They were from the area, yes. So, basically from nearby. Nearby or, like, in the, in the approx, like... Vicinity. Vicinity of Hagleywood, basically. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. So... So the, the argument between Von Ralt and the Dutch woman escalated to Von Ralt actually strangling her to death in the backseat of the car. 
Supposedly. This is what Jack's wife, Una, is saying. Which is intense. Yeah. <laughs> um. I almost swore, and I kind of don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, no, no swearing on the podcast. So. Do not like. Family friendly. Do not like. <laughs> Family friendly. <laughs> he strangled her in the back seat, but we're a very friendly podcast. Family friendly podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, he strangled her and killed her. Um, and he told Jack, we need to hide the body, obviously. Of course. You don't want the Nazi spy to get caught. Right, yeah. Um, you know, that's, of course. Um, so Jack said that he helped Von Rolt carry the body into the woods and concealed it in a hollow tree. So, pretty much exactly where Bella was found. But the hand. Exactly. So, again, there's another um, instance where the story doesn't add up. Although... I guess you could argue that while the body was decomposing, an animal might have come in and taken the hand off. Well, yeah. But from the way they described it, it sounded like the hand had been chopped off. Yeah. Dude. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. There. And there were no, like, there was no discerning evidence that said whether it was chopped off or chewed off? No, it, it. Pretty much every source I read said it had been chopped off. But still. I mean, the, it, there could be a possibility the body was probably so decomposed that it might have been hard to tell. But um, right. based on everything I read researching, it said that it had been chopped off. So... The story does not add up. Right, exactly. Um... <clears throat> So, after that, there's not a lot of... I mean, Von Ralt completely, like, is out of the picture at this point in Una's story. She says that... He vanished. Yeah, pretty much. He's, she says that Jack had nightmares about this, and they were so bad that he was committed to Stratford Mental Hospital. Where, were, there, were there records? Yes, there were records that there was a Jack committed to the hospital. Interestingly, he died there before the body was discovered. So she had been holding on to this secret for ten years. And that's my biggest problem is that she... Yeah, chills. I'm getting chills. She, like, held on to the secret for ten years, and then she, instead of contacting the police when she was finally ready to tell it, <clears throat> she contacted the newspapers, which I think is a huge problem. I think it's horrible, the way she handled it. Right. This... Okay. Continue. Um, okay. So, um... Are there any more theories? There are more theories, but before we do that, uh, this case, this theory was met with a dead end. They had no evidence that there was a Von Ralt. Um, they had evidence that Jack existed and that he did die in a hospital, but they had no further evidence about Von Ralt or the Dutch woman. Um, so in the late six, 1960s, um, there was a guy named Donald McCormick, and this is like a smaller theory that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Okay. Um, he wrote a book called Murder by Witchcraft, and he suspected that Bella was this woman named Clara Bella Drockers, and she was a known Nazi spy and occultist. 
Oh. So, um, she, um, had a, she was the girlfriend of a Nazi agent named Learer. L-E-A-R-E-R. L, spell it again. L-E-A-R-E-R. Okay. Lara or something like that. So, um, kind of like, kind of like uh, King Lear, but with an extra E. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but her code name was Clara. Um, there are, there is evidence that Clarabella Drockers existed. She was a real per- person. She was a real Nazi spy. There are pictures of her. <clears throat> um, sources came from the, his sources came from the official German intelligence records. Um, her last known whereabouts were somewhere near West Midlands, so Hagley Wood, in 1941. So, what she was supposed to do was she was supposed to parachute into the area of Hagley Wood and contact, I think, her boyfriend. I'm 90% sure. Um, she, well, regardless, she was supposed to contact somebody and once she landed, and she never did. She was never heard from again. Okay. Yeah. But that doesn't explain how she got stuffed into a tree. Well, exactly. There's no, like, explanation. And, like, I think the whole, you know, death by witchcraft or whatever the book's name is, uh, murder by witchcraft, it doesn't explain. All it says is that she was an occultist. There's no real deep explanation as to how witchcraft sort of plays into that. Yeah, that's, that's a little... Problematic. That's a little sketchy to me. Like... I mean, I could understand maybe, like, the owner saw her parachuting in or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. And he or she was like, you're on my property. Mm-hmm. Get stuffed into this tree. Right. But that doesn't explain why, why would the owner just have a random piece of cloth on them at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, this is really interesting because one of the graffiti... Um, messages said, who put Clara Bella in the witch elm? So, okay, so we've specifically got... calling her name out. So we've got, who put Lou Bella in the witch elm? Who put Bella in the witch elm? Hagley Wood. Who put Bella in the witch elm? And who put Clara Bella in the witch elm? That's a lot of different variations it's of a Bella. Lot, a lot. Um, and this is spelled like the actual tree. So W-Y-C-H. So no actual, like, alternate spelling of which. Um, so, so his evidence for this, that Clara, uh, Drockers was a real person, Clarabella Drockers, um, is that there was a real Nazi spy named Johannes Marinus Dronkers, spelled differently. German. Then his name is probably Johann. Johann. Well, it says Johann S E S at the end, so I don't know. I don't uh, however know. You I say don't know it. German things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he was captured in the area that she supposedly parachuted in, and um, there was a Clara who matched Bella's description in the fact that she had mousy hair, was thirty-five years approximately, um, you know, weird teeth. Um, Child. I don't know about child, but they did say that she was five foot, which is what the body was, they determined. Um, 
So that's one theory, and then our do German German women German women tend to be a bit shorter, don't they? They tend to be shorter, yeah. Like I I have I mean, my family is partially German, and my grandmother, who you know her dad actually came from Germany, she's a very short woman. Um, I got the other side of the family's genes, and that I'm five eleven, and almost six foot tall, but it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. But I can confirm that, you know, German women tend to be shorter, I think. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> flash forward 30 years later. So, what year? 1990s. Okay. So, we're in the 90s. The age of... I don't know. What what happened in the 90s? Uh, Actually, NSYNC. 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 The age of NSYNC. <laughs> um, uh, Britney. A age or, of Britney. Wait, no. Early 2000s. That was early 2000s. Anyway, the age of NSYNC, basically. Um, so they officially decided it's been a hot minute. It's been like 60... Si not it's 60 been, years. It's, it's been a long time. It's been... It's um, been 50 years. It's been 50 hot minutes. Yeah. Um, so they uh, the invest investigation officially closes in the 1990s. However, <laughs> they said bye 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 to Bella. They did say bye bye bye. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I hate that. Um, do not like. Do not like. Okay, so as soon as they decided to officially close the case, so that means that they're no longer going to open it up anymore. It's officially a cold case. Um, the British government released unreleased wartime documents that said in 1941 MI5 interviewed a Joseph Jacobs who was German he was a German spy he was arrested after parachuting into Cambridgeshire and he carried a photo of a woman whose name was Clara Boyerlich um who he claimed was his lover and um <clears throat> she was tagged as an agent because um, she had really close ties to the Nazi and she was going to do the same thing as Jacobs. She was going to parachute in in the Hagley Wood area and um, basically like said that she was going to contact him and she never did. I think. So that's basically the same story as the one from before. Yeah. Yeah. So um <clears throat> Jacobs was eventually executed by firing squad. He was actually the last to be killed at the Tower of London, interestingly. Oh. Um, but Clara Boyerle, Boyerle? Yeah, Boyerle. Um, it was confirmed that she was actually a real person. They confirmed it in their report that she was real. She was actually a German spy. Um, she was 35. She was a cabaret artist. So she performed, she danced, she sang, and she performed under the stage name Lou Bella. <laughs> I'm looking at your face and you seem very distressed. <laughs> I'm distraught. Yeah. Well, if you think it's actually Bella, I'm sorry to tell you that a document disproves this theory. 
She did stop performing in 1942, so around the time when ah. Clarabella would have been killed, or Bella would have been killed. But, um... Well, you said she stopped performing in 1942? Yes. But she was... But the Bella in the tree was killed in 1941. Right. But she, like, stopped performing around early 1942. So, like, basically, late 1941, early 1942, she stopped... So people thought, oh, that's obviously Bella. Unfortunately, um, G.K. Jacobs, who was the, I believe, the great-great-great-granddaughter of um, Joseph Jacobs, the German spy who was killed and, like, claimed that, you know, Clara was his lover. Um, she has been doing research on this story and her, you know, great-great-grandfather. And she found... A document that disproved this theory entirely. Um, the document was actually Clara Boyerle's death certificate. Uh, so she had passed away in a Berlin hospital in 1942, which is why she stopped her career. Um, she died of veronal poisoning, which its symptoms include stupor, mental fog, vertigo, nausea, muscular weakness, coma, rash formation, and fever. So very, like, even though she wasn't Bella... It was still a very bad way to die, I think. What poison? Uh, Veronal poisoning. V-E-R-I-N-O-L. It's like... I don't know. I mean, they don't know how she got it, I don't think. I didn't read how she had gotten it, how she was poisoned. But, so I think that's mysterious on its own. But, so, I mean, that's actual evidence that, like, tells us that she was not Bella that had died not the bella that had died right can you respell it uh v-e-r-i-n-o-l okay is okay. that like a type of flower or something like some kind of i'm getting it's um hold up i'm getting uh, it's a barbiturate a what a barbiturate a drug oh it's a drug oh so it's like an actual drug yeah. Okay. Uh, says, uh, Barbital or Barbitone marketed under the brand names Veronal for the pure acid and uh, Metanol for the sodium salt was the first commercially available barbiturate. Oh. It was used as a sleeping aid from 1903 until the mid-1950s. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Wait. I um. Oh. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, okay, so that's actually... No, I was about to say that's all the theories. So, like, it would make sense if she died from the Veronal poisoning. Yeah, but at the same time, she died in a German hospital and there's evidence. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm just saying it makes sense that she died from that since it was only available until the mid-1950s. Yeah. And it was a sleeping aid, you said, so, like, um, like, stupor. Yeah. Vertigo. Stupor, vertigo, rashes, fever, all that. Coma. Yeah. I mean... So not a good way to die. Yeah. But she's still not important to the story. Yeah. Um, okay, so sorry, the last... Sorry, Clara. The last theory... This is a fun one. It's <clears throat> wild. Okay. So, we have a section at our university's library that is exclusively about witchcraft, and when I searched Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm, this was the only book 
to show up in the entire library. No newspapers, no magazine, just this one book. Well, I mean, we are a college town in Mississippi. But, like, still, I feel like they should have something about this. Well, that, yeah. You know, what if somebody's doing a research? Anyway, it's called Death by Enchantment. Mm -hmm. It's, mm, It's not what you're thinking. So their theory is pretty much in line with... It's like a combination of the Nazi spy theory and the witch theory. Like the glory hand or the other one? The glory hand. Okay. Okay, so hold on. So this book says apparently there was a guy who worked for Hitler. Yes, Hitler is in the story now, according to this book. I, honestly, when I read this, I laughed so hard. Yeah. Um, so there was this guy, he's called, <laughs> in the book, I'm quoting, an outstanding magician, unquote. His name was Kraft or Croft, however you say that in German. Um, he was, to quote the book, no cheap jack, but a scholar Accepted as an expert in Nostradamus, which is a practice of witchcraft, I'm assuming. Um, But he was well known for his prophecies based on astrological calculations. And basically his only job was to tell Hitler if something was going to go wrong during one of his little plans. Okay, so um, he was basically Hitler's fortune teller? Yes. Supposedly, according to the book, Hitler would not do anything unless Croft said this is going to be successful. Um, so we see how that went, obviously. So I just searched up uh, Nostradamus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a man. It's a man. Okay. His name is uh, Michael de Nostradam, uh-huh. usually Latinized as Nostradamus. Yeah. Was a French physician. Uh-huh. And... A reputed seer. Oh, okay. So he did sort of the same thing. Who is best known? Best known for his book. Uh, God, it's French. So let me see. Uh, Les Profites. Les Profites. Yeah. Les Profites. Les Profites. Based on my two years of French in high school. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I, I mean makes sense. Um, it oh, says he, that, he was an astrologer. Okay, yeah. For various wealthy patrons. That's what um, Croft, Croft basically said. Okay, so anyway, supposedly he had a um, he had a apprentice, an apprentice, whose name was Clarabella. They're all Clarabella. They're all Clarabella. Or, I'm sorry, Lou Bella. Oh, Lou Bella? Lou Bella was the name. Um, I misread. There's still a lot of Claras. There's still, there's a lot of Claras, there's a lot of Lou Bellas, there's a lot, there's a lot. Um, there's just a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. lot happening here. So, supposedly, Lou Bella was his apprentice at one point, and, um, the book basically goes on to describe pretty much the exact same theory as the original one that, um, Una gave, like, provide, not Una, um, that, uh, what is his name? Um, William, or I'm sorry, Donald McCormick. Basically the same thing that, you know, she was a woman who parachuted in and she was never heard from again. That's basically the same thing, except for, um, the book makes the claim (laughs) 
that Bella was a very serious student of astrology and what was most significant was she wore a garter of green snakeskin, a symbol of witchcraft. So maybe that was the clothes that they found with no labels? I don't know. But the book goes on to say, Proof may be lacking, but who can doubt the identity of a skeleton in the witch elm? So even though proof is lacking, this book makes the claim that <laughs> Bella was Lou Bella, the Nazi spy witch. You know, there's no proof that this woman in the tree is Lou Bella. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's Lou Bella. Basically, okay, so this <laughs> book actually made me laugh because there's one sentence in here that said, um, let's see, uh, the Bella incidents came to light because of the murder without which complication it is unlikely that anything would have been known. Hence, it ought not to be regarded as an isolated case. It is probable that there were dozens, if not hundreds, of spy witches. <laughs> spy witches. Spy witches at work in our midst. The, they, being the servitors of Satan, were dedicated to their devotion to the system that established Satan's temporal power in Central Europe. So basically they're saying that Satan created World War II and the spy witches were tasked to help make sure that World War II happened. You... I... <laughs> it's a lot. Um... It's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot happening. So anyway, Death by Enchantment, if you want to check out that book. <laughs> um, you know, I just might have to. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the only section in the book that talks about this case. It's literally three and a half- or no, I'm sorry, it's one and a half pages. It's insane. It's- that's- It's sad. You- uh... Okay, so, now we've gotten theories out of the way. You're probably thinking to yourself, you know, why haven't they- You know, we've got DNA technology now, right? Yeah. We can do things- Murders are being solved, like, all the time now, just, you know, from bone DNA or whatever. You know? Like, yeah. it's happening. So, you're probably thinking to yourself, why don't they do a DNA test on, you know, the remains of Bella? You know, why don't they do that? Well, I mean, there's no, um, there, there's no way to tell who she would be now. Well, right, but still, they, they could use DNA evidence to, like, maybe determine or find, like, a relative or something like that. Well, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, um, you might be wondering that. There's a reason they can't do that. It's because all of the case files and the body are missing. So everything related to this case is gone. Everything. Isn't that insane? Now. <laughs> it just disappeared? It, no. Okay, so from what I read, the guy that did the autopsy, he illegally shared the body with his friends who also wanted to do autopsies. So they passed this, the remains of this woman around until finally it just went missing along with the case files. Well, hey there, George. 
I just did an autopsy today. You want the body? Yeah. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Do you mind if I share it with my buddy Jim? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like, a lot. It's sort of... Leave it to Jim to lose the body. God, Jim, stop losing the bodies every time we give them to you. It's just a problem now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Never trust a Jim with the body. Never. So, I mean, that's all I have on this case. That's the end. Unsolved to okay, this day. Um, Any thoughts, questions, concerns? Okay, we were going to discuss which theory we thought was most pl- yeah. plausible. Honestly, despite it being, like, I don't trust her sense of judgment when it comes to letting people know about this theory, I do think um, Una's theory about the Dutch woman and Von Rall is possibly could be plausible. Because Jack- It's the most- detailed. Yeah, it's the most detailed and it seems like, you know, it's even though Jack is dead, obviously he died in a mental hospital. Yeah, and I I can see why they wouldn't find out about a Von Ralt because he was a Nazi spy. Yeah. Um I have to say I'm down between that one and the ritualistic killing one. Yeah. Because my thing is a ritualistic killing could go wrong. Mhm. So maybe Maybe it, it was supposed to be a ritualistic. Maybe it was supposed to be a ritualistic killing, but it, you know, it flopped. Yeah. It's just like a lot of like unfortunate circumstances and like a series of unfortunate events. Pretty much, honestly, and like again, I feel really sorry for whoever this girl is because like she'll never get the justice she deserves. Yeah. Because her body is missing now. Yeah. So like. It's just really upsetting, but also at the same time, it's a very intriguing story. I Definitely. Think. I I enjoyed learning about Bella, Clara yeah. Bella, Lou Bella, whoever she is. Bella and the Witch 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 Elm. The Witch 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 Elm. Yeah. Um, wow, I love Witch Witch. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is the end of this case. Uh, any last thoughts or anything? Um, Questions, concerns? That was very interesting, very intriguing. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed hearing about it. Um, I don't really have any questions, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Except for who did it. Except, yeah, (laughs) who did it, who was she, why did they do it. Um, Just a lot. Yeah. Like, and and like, while you were doing while you were like telling me about theories I was kind of looking up like maybe um you know maybe like oh maybe British serial killers in the 1940s but Mm -hmm. you know I obviously I didn't find anything yeah (laughs) Um, I mean I probably could have if I searched a bit harder but I was I was listening and I can't do two things at the same time (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening um, in on this episode. I hope you learned a lot of things. I hope you, like, enjoyed the story for today. Um, Big thanks to Dylan. Yes. For being my first guest. Applause. Yes. Very glad that Um, you stopped by. 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter if you would like. I don't see why you would. <laughs> Definitely follow Dylan. He's so great. He's yes. hilarious. Um, my at is uh, T-H-Y underscore pineapple. Iconic. And, you know, Maddie can probably put that in the oh, description. Oh, yeah. No, I'll definitely put it in the description. Um, what I would love for you to do is I would love for you to give the podcast a follow on Twitter. You can find it by searching Hey, Have You Heard About? Or by searching H-H-Y-H-A podcast. That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast. And that link is also going to be in the description. Um... If you could leave us um, a good review on iTunes or just a review, any review will do. Yeah. <laughs> um, disp- I mean, if you've listened to podcasts before, you realize how much reviews uh, help. They really do. Yeah. They, like, boost, um, you know, if, if there's reviews, people start to hear about it and yeah. things like that. And I would really love to keep doing this and things like that. Yeah, so. and definitely share it with people you oh, know. Oh, absolutely. Share it with everyone you know. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Maddie. And, and... join us next time for Hey, Have You Heard About? Yep. <laughs> See y'all later. <laughs>